Wow, what a true honor it is to be back at Westover. You know, this isn't just any church. There's a church in San Antonio that just loves the presence of God. And when you start hearing about this next generation mindset and heart that you guys carry, it's it's absolutely inspiring. And so it is it is humbling and a huge honor to be back. And I've said this before, but I'm just going to keep it 100 like I always do. Uh, I love this church so much. I got to tell you, you're spoiled up in this church. I'm going to tell you, you spoiled rotten. I'm th- you got good worship. Come on, do you love the worship team? They just full of anointing. You got kids that are being ministered to as we speak. Come on, we got next generation. You've got incredible leaders, and I think it's all a reflection of just this this style of leadership that's all about empowering, and uh, I want to give credit to Pastor Jim, Pastor Becky, Ryan. Come on, can you give it up uh, for them? We love you guys so much, and then, of course, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Danae. Come on. I, I don't know anybody who can lead at such a high level and keep such a tender heart towards the Lord. I've just always appreciated that about you, and, of course, the, the whole squad here, but um, I didn't come alone this time. I brought my youngest daughter, Carissa, who is, I guess, taking over the, the student ministry right now, or the kids' ministry. But I want to say a special welcome to high school. Is this the high school section right here? Let's go. So honored to have you guys uh, here. And uh, as many of you know, I, I, I've, this is not my first time uh, to Westover, and we have been absolutely consumed with this vision called One Day. And we have just completed in a massive assignment from God where we did one day LA. And I wish I had more time to tell you about the 20,000 missionaries that came from all over the world to adopt every city block in Los Angeles. I'm talking about everything from giving away millions of dollars and uh, millions of pounds of food to underprivileged families to paying off $47 million worth of medical debt. All the medical debt for underprivileged families in like Inglewood, Compton, Long Beach, all of that eradicated overnight. Credit going to the local churches that are within a certain mile radius. We planted 35 churches in all 35 state penitentiaries. So now when a convict becomes a convert, they have a community continue established covenant with God. We're going to break that generational curse to repeat offending. We're going to get rid of that cycle. We went into foster care and in the city where they were desperate for help, they could only generate about 75 to 100 leads on a good year. We put fire on the vision. The church responded and the church generated 2,200 leads of 2,200 godly families that said, give us your babies, we're going to take care of them. And then we culminated into SoFi Stadium where they just played the Super Bowl, and we christened the stadium. We were the first live event of its kind and filled it to COVID capacity, and we watched as people who had never darkened the door of a local church rush into an eternal moment to make an eternal decision. And I'm not going to lie, it does help when you have Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper and Tori Kelly and, and uh, Chandler Moore and Carrie Job and all these others, Jaden Smith, that will pull in people who would never come to church, but they might show up to a concert that turns into a, a, a gospel message that ends up into worship and an altar call. And when I've got Conor McGregor on the front row and Clay Thompson and the Los Angeles I'm telling you, God is moving in America. He's making an aggressive move on this nation, and we've got a lot to be excited about this morning. And he's not just doing L.A. We're coming for Houston next this year. We believe that one day Houston, come on, the nation of Texas said amen. (laughs) We're coming for Houston, and we believe that there's other cities that God has highlighted to us. And I just want to say this. You may not know this, but Westover Hills 
was either the first or one of the first to sow into this vision. And it was on a phone call with Pastor Jim. He said, I'm so moved. I've got to sow into it on behalf of Westover Hills. And I want to be stand in front of you and say thank you. Thank you for helping single moms get out of impoverished areas and issues and start in school and bettering their lives. Thank you for providing couches and fridges and beds for people who can never afford it. Thank you for feeding the hungry, for finding sustainable housing for the homeless, for the trash pickups. We remodeled whole high schools, re-landscaped whole uh, uh, schools. I'm telling you, that was a first initial seed. And come on, Westover, you have fruit that is in your life and blessing that is on the way. We've also been busy because I believe that we should resource ourselves correctly. And I just want to do this real quick because I feel like there's great ministry ahead of us uh, this morning. But I, we wrote this new curriculum called Habits. Everybody say Habits. You know, you're a default of your habits. You can say you're this, you can say you're that, but when pressure happens, when high-stress situations happen, when 2020 <laughs> happens, you will default to your habits. And some of our habits are good, and some of our habits need to be tightened up. And I have found that what people are looking for is how do I set in place godly habits in my life. We need spiritual disciplines. Come on, if you grew up in church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We need to get back into the Word. We need to get back into the place of prayer, have an effective life of fasting and worship, generosity, servanthood, even just in places of integrity. And I believe that habits are absolutely crucial. You know, I have, I have found that a lot of people will train they will train uh, for marathons. People will ready themselves for marriages. They'll prepare themselves for management. But the Bible's very clear. It says if you're going to train, train for godliness. It says training for godliness uh, it will outdo. It says physical training is great, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the one to come. Come on, I believe that perhaps we have overwritten, overlooked some key areas like godly habits. And if you're looking for a great recharge, reset, a refreshing, go and pick this up. It's a curriculum. We've got the codes in the back that you can go and access all the information. This is the workbook. It's nine different sessions, all done on video and so on. And so I'm really excited about that. But I have a word. I want to start out with a word for you. Can I do that? Somebody say yes. I didn't even give you a choice. Somebody say yes. Awesome. I, I just felt this in my heart. I read this to the men. Come on, men. Did we not have a good time on Friday night? It was powerful. Absolutely powerful. Um, uh, I felt like the Lord had really instructed me to share this with you, and I just want to take the time uh, to do this. Um, I, I felt like we are coming into some incredible seasons uh, of breakthrough. But anyone who has gone to war, anyone who has contended, Anyone who has battled, anybody who has fought for something, anybody who's prayed through something knows that there's going to be great risk attached to breakthrough like we are all dreaming about. And I just feel like the Lord gave me a warning, not just to me, but to us this morning. I want to read it to you from Isaiah chapter 8. He says this. This is not even in my notes, uh, and we'll get into the message, but I just felt so pressed by God to, to read this to you. Uh, chapter 8 of Isaiah verse 11 the Lord says, for the Lord spoke to me with a strong warning. Notice this isn't a, a suggestion. This isn't a proposal. No, it says the Lord spoke to me with a strong warning. Not just any warning. There was an emphasis on this. There is a strong warning. And it says that he instructed me that I should not live 
or in other translations, walk like the rest of the world walks. I should not be moved by what the rest of the world is moved by. Don't say everything's a conspiracy like the rest of the world says it's a conspiracy. Watch this. Don't be afraid of what frightens them. Are you hearing me this morning? Come on, this is speaking to our 2022. Don't be afraid by what frightens them. The Lord of hosts, he is the one you should fear or honor. He is the one you should tremble. And the reason why I say this is there is a lot of information that is coming our way today. It's coming out of Europe. It's coming out of Asia. It's coming out of culture. It's coming out of every realm of society, and it is layered with things that look to be true or look to be accurate. But I have found that the Word of God has outlasted any regime, any culture, any king or queen, any type of tyrant, anything else. It has outlasted them day in and day out. And I am not going to look to circumstances or seasons. I'm going to look to heaven. Are you with me? And I think our eyes need to be set right there. Hey, I want you to join me in Mark chapter 14. Come with me in Mark chapter 14. Turn on your Bible. Meet me in Mark 14. And I want to I want to invite you into a kitchen table room. I, I, we have a lot of people at this table, and I want to tell you who's around. You have Jesus. And of course, where Jesus is at, you know his disciples are not far behind. So you've got the 12 there. You've got John. You've got Peter. You, you've got everyone from Judas to Bartholomew. You have all of them. But then you also have two people that you would not expect are actually at this table. To possibly, to his left, you have somebody named Simon the leper. And you'll come to find that this table is actually Simon's table. This is happening in Simon's house. The reason why he's called Simon the leper is because he at one point had leprosy. And then just recently, before you read this, and he got healed. Jesus spoke one healing word and a flesh and bone returned to his body and he was totally restored. So people are blown away that Simon the leper has had such a divine turnaround that they're consumed. He's become what you would call a local celebrity. And then you have Judas, I'm sorry, you, then you have Judas that's probably seated next to a man named Lazarus. And Lazarus is the Lazarus you recognize in your Bible. This is Lazarus who was raised from the dead. How many of you know if you were dead and now you're alive, you're going to draw some clout and some influence as well. You're going to be asked some questions. Hey, what'd you see? What'd you talk? Did you see my grandmother? Did, do I need a, you know, something happened. People are constantly asking. So he's become a local celebrity at, at this point. But then you will see an uninvited guest. And I want you to look at this in Mark chapter 14. Look at verse 3. It says, now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman, now this woman right here, this is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. A woman came into the house with an alabaster flask filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She came to Jesus and with the gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured it out, the poured the precious oil all over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this, and they complained to one another, saying, what a total waste. Man, I want you to hear that. I hope that rings in your spirit. What a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum of money, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly, or they criticized her harshly. 
Jesus said to them, leave her alone. I just love these words. Leave her alone. I just have to pause right here because the preacher in me is starting to come up. Leave her alone. I don't know about anybody else, but occasionally I need Jesus to speak like that on my behalf. Leave him alone alone. Come on, I'm talking to the pain in the room. I'm talking to the confusion in the room. I'm talking to the marriages that are on the edge of divorce. I'm talking to the kids who are running away because they've been consumed by sin and weakness. And Jesus is saying, leave them alone. I love when God gets like this. I love when Jesus gets confronted towards people who are trying to shut down a devoted, passionate act of worship. Leave her Alone. How many know when God says leave you alone? When Jesus starts talking, whatever he's telling to leave does not get an opinion or a negotiation opportunity. When he says leave cancer, leave depression, leave past feelings, leave them alone. I love this. He lets it get it all out and then he says leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She's honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. You will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. In other words, let me put this in your world. He's not, he's not diminishing efforts to help the poor. He's saying you will never get a moment like this again. He's saying there is such a time and place, this is a Kairos moment, that there's only this moment carved out for this to happen. This is supernaturally significant. You will never get another moment like this. It says when she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. I promise you, as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. Let's pray for a moment. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I speak to the atmosphere. And I say that you are full of faith and you are full of hope and you are full of peace and you're full of joy. And I come against every limit every restriction, every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment, I shut it down right now in Jesus' name. I call extreme focus where there has been distraction or confusion. I call life and courage to where there has been discouragement or heaviness. I break these mental uh, games that have been going on in the lives and the hearts of people, and I call them into the word. I call them into the light. I establish them in your presence, God, that you would grip them and they would know you would never leave them. You would never forget about them. You're not changing your mind. You're not in love with a future version of them. You're in love with the them right now. And I ask that you pull them into something fresh in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. I, I want to speak to you from one word today. I want to talk to you about the subject of being built. I believe that what we need right now is built people. And you can totally tell when people are built and when they're not. Now, I'm not talking about someone, um, all the CrossFitters got excited when I said built. Um, I'm not talking about that. Um, I am talking about people who have not only worked on their physique, but have worked on their spirit. They have worked on their heart. They have trained their mind. They have put their emotions under the authority of God's word. I'm talking about built people. We need built people again in marriages. We need built people again in politics. We need built people again in education, in the business realm, everywhere from the private sector to the public area. We need built people. We can't have half-built people. 
We can't have people who have blueprints but no action. We can't have people who are constantly under reconstruction or need remodeling because every time they get a touch, they get so addicted and then they become stale and they get outdated. We need built people again. We need people who know how to be built, who know how to take correction, not as an indictment, but as an investment. We need built people again. And I believe that one of the things that that built people can do is they can weather storms better than anyone else. They can go through challenges. They can go through opposition. They can handle resistance. They know what pressure feels like, but they would never come under that pressure or succumb to it through the intimidation of it because they're built correctly. I I remember one time I, I uh, I was really into disc golf. This was the best six months of my life. And it was a poor man's golf. And um, I remember I had had a long day. It was one of those days where I was just like, I don't even want to be Pastor Chris. I barely want to be Chris Chris. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be here. That's it. That's my, that, that's my aspiration for the afternoon. And, and so I remember I, I show up at the course with a friend, and I'm walking to where you tee off. And, and I'm seeing a guy sitting on top of the truck, and you could tell he's, like, tweaking out on something. And uh, I walk up, and I said, hey, man, and, and and he said, hey, man, I, I said, you doing good today? He's like, yeah, I'm just about to watch my friend die. <laughs> I thought, not today. I'm not dealing with this today. So I just, I, I went to, I was walking. Well, as soon as he, ah, as that was done, I hear the roaring and the rolling of a skateboard. And his friend was on the top of the hill, was going to come down this huge hill and jump a four-foot fence. But his friend, you know, halfway down the hill, you've seen those, those uh, videos, you see he comes down with a good center of balance, and all of a sudden he gets the wobbly knees. And if you get the wobbly knees, man, it's going to be a good video for us. It's going to be a bad moment for you. You know what I'm saying? Like he starts getting the wobbly knees, and then he goes right in, and he just lets out this biggest yell, ah, and he goes ribs first, boom, into the back of a truck, hit it so hard that he bent the fender out like this, bounced off the truck, and landed on the other side of his ribs like that. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I don't, I don't want to do a resurrection today. I just want to play some disc golf. I, got, I need some mean time. And I walk over, and of course, I ask the dumbest question, but it's the only appropriate question you know to ask. Let's be, there is, I've thought about this in this message. I'm like, what else would I have asked? You walk over, and of course, you're like, bro, are you okay? Which the spirit of stupid is all over that question. Like, bro, are you okay? And he's lying on the ground. His shirt is pulled up from his fall, and I can watch his ribs go black blue. And I, I remember walking. I remember walking up to him, like, bro, are you okay? He's like, I can't. It hurts to breathe. And I'm like, yeah, because you just hit a truck with your ribs. You're not built to do that. I feel like a lot of people have said they were built for something. And then when they got down to it, they weren't. I had a friend, I told the men this on Friday. He had a friend that his, uh, that he was in an arm wrestling contest. One guy over here, big, strong, jack guy like me, came up to the table. And then another guy came over and put his, I don't know why that's funny. But anyways, he, he put, put his arm like this. And this guy's nickname was Steroid. I'll let you wonder why. Right, So he's sitting there, and they start arm wrestling, and he's about to lose. So steroids like, I'm going to give it one last pump. Well, when he comes over the top, come on, 80s movie reference, right? Comes over the top like this, right? All of a sudden, he comes over like this, and pow, the bone in his arm comes shooting out the side of his arm. If I'd have been there, I'd be like, got to go, got to go. 
I ain't going to get a case. I ain't going to catch a case, right? So he's sitting there, and he's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. His arms all hanging like a little kickstand, you know what I mean? Like, why, why would that happen? Because the demand from the outside was too much for what was built on the inside. And I don't want your marriage, your business, your future, or your families looking like this. There needs to be some strength again. There needs to be some hope again. There needs to be some peace and some joy. And you're not here to be perfect. You're here to be dependent and humble enough to know, God, I can't walk through without you. I need you to be with me in the fire. I need you to be with me in the storm. I need you when I face giants. I need you when I'm looking walls. Activate something fresh on the inside of me so that I'm built correctly. And if we're going to be built, there's three things you get to say with your life. The first one is this, I'm built different. I'm built different. That's why I don't laugh at what everybody else laughs at. That's why I don't talk the way other people talk. I put a watch over my mouth. I I put a watch over the movies I, I, I put in front of me, the music I listen to. Not because I'm religious and not because I'm trying to prove something. It's because I'm built different. I know the cost. I know, what it, I know the price that he had to pay on the cross to keep me clean and to keep me pure and to keep me holy. And if I'm the only one my age, it seems like, that will declare this, I'll go ahead and say it. I want to live a holy life. If you have to walk as close to the line, how far can I go before it's immorality? How far can I go before it's sin? Friend, if you're asking those questions, you're already built wrong. You're built different. And you don't mind being built different. This is what I loved about Mary. Mary does not mind coming in. Most people would probably bring, you know, their less expensive oil. Not Mary. Mary's like, give me the most expensive thing we got in the house. She's like, give me the most expensive and and make that thing, make sure it smell right. And she brings that. This, you have to understand, was, this was the 401k. This was the savings account. This was the rainy day fund. This was if this, if Jesus don't work out, I can always fall back on this. Start an Amazon business. You know, like this was, this is what Mary's focused on, all right? And I love this because she doesn't hold anything back. She's built different. You know, I travel a lot, and um, I've been to a lot of youth and young adult conferences. I I youth pastored and was a young adult pastor for many, many years. Even still, I'm 13 years into leading a Bible college that's raising and releasing influencers. We have a graduate in every nation of the world. So I have smelt some things in college dorm rooms and youth camps. I'm pretty sure weren't human. I mean, some is straight up demonic. I walk in there, I'm like, in the name of Shotor. I mean, I'm like, we're going after it, right? And so, like, I like to smell good. I, I take showers regularly. I submit to you, you should too. I, I, I like to smell good. I, I do. And I'm like, I, 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 I go through airports a lot, and there's always these cologne and perfume shops. And what, like, one of my favorite colognes is like Chanel Blue. Like, I love a bottle of Chanel Blue, right? And so I, I walk up one time years ago, and I notice that there is the same size bottle in front of me, but one costs more than the other. The one that's less expensive, you'll smell like Chanel Blue when you spray it on you. It just will not last as long because the base of that cologne is water. And then there's one that, if you don't mind paying a higher price, I hope you're hearing me with spiritual hearing. If you don't mind being different and paying more on the front end, 
you'll still smell like Chanel Blue, and you'll smell like it longer because it'll linger longer than the one that was made out of water because this one right here is made out of oil. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel like I'm just putting language to people uh, in their hearts. I can tell you, I feel like there are people who want an oil-based life. You don't want something watered down, sugar-coated, flash in the pan. You want oil running through your marriage, running through your future, running through your cities, running through our nation. We need oil again. We need the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit to cover us. We need anointing oil to get in every area that it would be the grease and the hinges and not the money and not the success and not the clout. The grease and the hinges is the anointing of God. Why would that happen? Because we're built different. Mary brings an expensive jar of oil. What I love is nobody told her to. She just knew what was fit, the price that was fit for a king was everything. And notice where she breaks this thing open. She doesn't pour it on his hands or his feet. She pours it on his head. She takes her everything and breaks it on the crown of Jesus. May we be the same way and break our everything on the crown, on the authority, on the throne of Jesus. If we're going to be built, we got to be built different. Number two, we got to be built devoted. We cannot afford to be half-hearted, lukewarm, double-minded anymore. You're either with us or not. You're devoted or not. And how many know devotion isn't proven right in front of you. It's proven when you're not even around. Like it's proven in the shadows, not the spotlight. It's proven in the secrets. It's proven, it's not the secrets you know, it's the secrets you keep to help journey people into a place of strength. Those, those are devoted people. You need some devoted people in your life. Just like God is looking for a devoted people. You know, I, I remember one of my friends, we were going hunting and, um, and my friend, I have to make this confession, every time that I've almost gotten arrested on this side of the cross, it's been with this friend. Like, my wife warns me about this friend, and he's a senior pastor. Like, he's got a great church in another state, but, I mean, he's barely saved. Barely, like, maybe. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's a question mark somewhere in heaven and hell. Even God's like, mm, I don't know. We're going to have to wait this one out. Too, too, too soon, too early to call it, you know. Like, this is my, he's insane, right? So we're going hunting, and I remember we're, we're buying food, and, you know, if my wife was with us, we'd be buying, like, you know, lettuce and carrots and hummus and uh, gluten-free, non-GMO, no sugar, basically everything that was pulled out of the ground, nothing with a barcode type of food, right? Rabbit, chick, food. I'm like, no, we eat meat, steak, steak. I want steak. I want ribeyes. I want bacon around the steak. Shoot, I want double stuffed Oreos and wrap bacon around that and put that in the fire and I'm going to eat that too. I mean, that's what we're doing, right? And so I, I remember I'm, I'm literally in line checking out. I'm behind the cart. I'm on my phone answering all the emails because I don't want to be distracted when that trophy buck comes, right? So I'm sitting there and I, my friend's like, hey, we got to get some sunflower seeds. I'm like, no, go get some sunflower seeds, right? So he goes and grabs one of those big bags and decides from 30 feet away, he's going to throw the bag and try to make in the cart. Well, he puts too much love behind the throw, flies over my head like this, and hits a woman right in the behind in front of me. Boom. To which she turns around and goes, excuse me, who do you think you are touching all this good stuff right here? Have you lost your mind? I'm going to help you find it, boy. Girl, hold my purse. I'm about to mess this fool up. I'm and I'm sitting... I'm sitting behind the cart like this. 
What do I see? The devotion level of my friend. He is walking out the store acting like he don't even know me. We need some devoted people. I'm telling you, I say all that to say too many times God wants to call us reliable. And perhaps we missed it. But let it be said in 2022 at Westover Hills, whether you're here or online, I can tell you that God is looking at a tribe of devotion, at a, a room full of devotion, at families full of devotion, that there is an alignment that's been taking place right now. And even in the times of prayer and fasting, God has found a devoted people. You know, there's something about the unexpected. There's something about what you didn't plan, what you didn't anticipate that moves you. Here's Jesus. He's reclining at a table, at a table which means dinner is done, they're about to end the evening, and Jesus is reclining at the table, and all of a sudden, a woman breaks in. She is an uninvited guest, especially in this culture. You did not interrupt this moment, this setting, not at all, especially a woman, you did not do that. And she breaks in and begins to do an act of extreme devotion, take what's most expensive and fragrant and pour it out on the crown of Jesus. I love, I, this is what I love about Mary's, because they don't care about protocol. They don't care about social acceptance. They don't care about the culture wars and the propaganda and the headlines and the newsreels of the day. They just know whatever God needs, I'm going to be devoted and give it to him. I, I love this about Mary's because she breaks up this man-made tradition that is not allowed uh, people to access God or even Jesus at a high level. She disrupts the disruption. This is what I love about Mary's. They are holy interruptions everywhere they go. She walks in and, and she starts pouring the oil. And then this is where the storm starts to happen. Because all of Jesus' disciples say, what a total waste. And they launch a full-scale attack on Mary. Even try to shame her. What a total waste. We could have sold this to the poor. Or sold this and given the money to the poor. What, what do you think? It's such a misstewardship. You're, were you even understanding what you were doing? You could have just brought something else. And Jesus, Jesus lets them run till they're empty. He lets them get it all out. And then finally he says, leave her alone. You know what's really going on is the table setting. You've got Simon the leper this side, you got Lazarus this side, this guy had leprosy, totally healed. People are wondering, what was that like? So all the attention on this side of the table is going to Simon the leper, not to Jesus. And then you've got Lazarus over here, who was raised from the dead, and everybody loves uh, that story because it's so supernatural, it's literally impossible coming into the realm of possible. And now they're consumed with conversation with Lazarus, and nobody's talking to Jesus. So Jesus is getting ignored. But then a Mary shows up. A Westover Hills show up. A praying parent shows up. A surrendered teenager shows up and does not care what the protocol is, just cares. I need to be extreme in my devotion, and I don't care what the setting of the meeting is. I just want to pour out my oil. And she pours it out and holds nothing back. This tells me, number one, you're built different. Number two, you're built devoted. And number three, number three, you're built dangerous. You know what scares the enemy? What scares the enemy is not your church attendance. It's not you coming in here. It's what gets on you and you going out there. It's when you get different in here. You get devoted. You get, you get trained. You get developed. You get encouraged. You get empowered to be de different and devoted. You become a problem for him out there. And I don't know about anybody else. 
but I plan on blacking both the devil's eyes for the rest of my life, for the days he was stupid enough to ever touch my life and the ones I loved. I plan on being a holy nightmare for him. I plan on heaven excited and hell nervous, and I want to keep it that way because I'm built, and I want to be built different. I want to be built devoted. I want to be built dangerous. I, I, I love this because it says Mary brought in a fragrant oil. You know, the Bible, I, I love the details of Scripture because every detail has a meaning. The fact that this oil wasn't just expensive, that had been good enough, but it was the most fragrant, meant that there was something else happening in the house of Simon the leper. If you do remember, Simon had leprosy, which is your flesh is rotting, your body is decaying. So this house is layered with the stench of something dying. It smells like death. And this house, no doubt, as many years had Simon in it, as flesh is rotting away, as body parts are rotting away, as this thing is taking over. And then he comes in the encounter with Jesus and gets totally healed. But the stench of previous seasons and days was still lingering until a Mary showed up. And she pours out a fragrant oil all over our King Jesus. So much so that a lot of scholars believe that this smell would passenger and stay with Jesus to his resurrection. You know, when he was arrested in the garden, he smelled like this oil. In fact, before he even got to the garden, the house still smelled like death until the anointing of Jesus came in. And what once used to smell like death now smelt like life and freedom and healing. It's interesting because when he's arrested, he smells like this. When he's falsely accused, he smells like this. When he's beaten, a lot of people think this is one of the reasons why the soldiers went blood drunk and started whipping bone and flesh right off of him because they didn't, he didn't smell like bodily fluid. He smelled like this aroma of a fragrant oil. When he carried his cross up Golgotha, I'm telling you, he smelled like this. Even when he was crucified, he smelled like this. When he was buried, he smelled like this. And baby, when he woke up and took the death clothes and folded them, you know mama raised you right and you got some fresh authority. When you take your death clothes off and fold them and leave them at the head and tell a stone that could not be moved by mortal man, by supernatural God, move out of the way. Friend, what came out? What came out of there was not the smell of death. It was the smell of the anointing oil. And I feel like there's a different smell claiming your life tonight. I feel like there's moments in your heart that have led up to this moment right here. Some of you came in and you feel so empty. Pastor Chris, I feel so dry. That's okay. Fire burns better in dry places anyways. I feel so empty. Great. That means you have room for him. I'm so confused. Good. You've got questions that he only he can answer. And you've tried everything else. You've tried the horoscopes. You've tried the bottles. You've tried fortune cookies to get you through the day. But man, what you really need is the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. What you really need is to be built. Built different. Built devoted. And built dangerous. Would you stand up with me? I am so consumed by this. Because I watched a lot of people go through the last 24, 26 months. And I watched as their biblical perspective was non-existent. I watched as the discernment of the times and the seasons. You know, Jesus was pretty tough on the Pharisees and the Sadducees, rightly so. There was this one time that he literally shouted at them. He said, hypocrites! 
He said, how is it that you can tell the weather? If it's this color, it'll rain. And if it's this color, it'll be a nice day. But how is it you can't discern the times and the seasons? I'll tell you why. Because they weren't built correctly. I would like to submit to you, the Pharisees and Sadducees had all the spiritual tools to discern the time and the seasons, and they still couldn't. This tells me we've got to be built different, built devoted, built dangerous. You know, you might be here or watching online right now, and I believe that there are some people who are ready for God to get to work on your life. And this is what I love about what God has done in the church, the most sustainable vehicle of transformation in any society. It's not government, it's not business, it's not education. It's the local church. I'm telling you, this discovery is coming on governments, it's coming on business owners, the wealth of our nation. I'm telling you, it's amazing to watch what God's doing. But the way that that, that journey gets started is in moments like this right here. If you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. I wanna give you the opportunity to be built, built different, built devoted, and built dangerous. And this starts with bringing God everything. You might say, Pastor Chris, I'm too messed up. You are in perfect condition for a need of a Savior and a Lord over your life. Well, Pastor Chris, I already did that. Yeah, but no, there was no fruit. And there needs to be a surrender. There needs to be a turning away, a repentance, a turning away from sin, wickedness, patterns, and lifestyle so that you can embrace the goodness of God in your life. You've got to make room for the new. If you have never given your life to Jesus, I like to tell you that I'm not saying it's going to get easier. I am saying it's going to get better. And I truly believe that there are people here today or watching online, you need this moment more than I need to give it to you. Because you're suffocating. You're drowning. You know it. Perhaps some of you, this was your last effort. You need a touch from heaven. If you have never given your life to Jesus, I want you to bow your heads. Everybody bow your heads, please. Close your eyes. If you have never given your life to Jesus, you say, Pastor Chris, that's me. I want to make a commitment. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Who am I talking to? Pastor Chris, that's me. Yes, sir, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. Anyone else? We see you, balcony. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Wow. 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 Thank you, God. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray, church, and I want to pray with all our friends that raise their hand. Because I truly believe that this is a this is a fresh start for so many that need it right now. And I want to ask the whole church to pray together. I want to tell my friends that raise their hand. I want to tell you that there's nothing magical about these words. What's supernatural is the meaning in your heart. That when you make this confession, the Bible says you can confess from your mouth, but you need to believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord. It's only then you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. Church, I want to pray, and I want to ask my friends to raise their hand to pray. And can we all pray together and pray with some volume? Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you that you died for me, that you rose again, and you're alive today. I surrender. I ask you, build me. I want to be built different, built devoted, and built dangerous. I belong to you. In your name I pray.
Amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I believe that there's ministry ready for others in this room. I believe that there's there's some in this room that this word has gripped you. I've probably put language to what's in your heart. You must be built. You have to be built. You cannot afford to not be built. Especially as where we're going as a, as a people, as a culture, we need built people again. And I believe that one of the greatest starting points of that is by agreeing in prayer. And so if those who could help us pray, could you come up to the front? You know, perhaps it's not necessarily you need prayer, but you need to linger in the presence of God. Too many times or too in a rush. Let's get on with the day. We need to realize the most important thing we will do with our lives is stand in the presence of God and let God build us. If you need need to stay up here and worship, if you need to be in a place where God is ministering to you, or if you want someone to come, let's let's agree with God. Let's, Let's see heaven be touching the earth. That's you. I want to invite you up. On the count of three, I'm asking for people who want to be built. Built different. Built devoted. Built dangerous. I want you to be hungry. I want you to be full of life. I want you to walk out of here completely transformed, never going back. Let a grip of God come on, cling to your life. That's you. I feel like there's a I feel like the woman with the issue of blood is reminding me that she reached out and touched Jesus. It wasn't Jesus touched her, she initiated. She came and she grabbed a hold. She touched him. And I wonder if God's saying today, I wish people would just come and lay hold of me. Reach for me. Grab me. Put a demand on my anointing. Put a demand on the hunger. On the count of three. One, two, three. If you need prayer, if you want to stay up here and worship, we want to invite you up. I always love coming to Westover. We've got great resources and materials back there. I'm going to be signing books and everything. Come say hi. God bless you guys. Come on, let's worship. Come on, can we do this?